Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 263 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast I do about the art and things with me co-host Little Dennis, <laughs> and Little Dennis is with us today, and what we're going to do today is, we're going to talk about this book here, The Art of Dreaming by Carlos Castaneda. So... Well, little Dennis is going to get us into this one straight away, because he's excited. <laughs> yeah, so little Dennis and Kitty have had their kisses, and they're in their little house. Before we do get into it, I just want to say thank you to Jean, who sent me a little birthday card. It's beautiful. It's cool, it is. And she also sent me some presents and things and I'm going to buy some sweeties but I'll just thank you so much it's very nice of that thank you yeah but what I'm going to do is last week I said I was going to do an accountability thing I'm going to do that at the end of this one because I want to focus on this book The Art of Dreaming by Carlos Castaneda so I finished reading this last night and I've been I've been reading it for probably about I would say maybe like six months or something. And one of the things that I set out for myself last week was I wanted to start reading every night before bed. So for, luckily I got through quite a lot of this last in the last week. Probably quite well, I don't know. It was quite a lot of it. I would say probably like a quarter of the book I read in, in the last week just by going to bed a little bit earlier so I could read. It's brilliant. So it just shows how, like little, I said this last week, little tiny things, it creates like big things because I, I managed to finish the book. And if I hadn't have set my sights on it, I might still be reading this in another six months. <laughs> and what's brilliant is it's actually been helping me in my dreams as well. So the thing is with this is, I've, well, as I'm going through it as well, I'm taking loads of notes. So what I do is I like, um, I'll put these little um, sticky things on on the pages. For instance, one thing here, look. Only a moment ago... See, this is one of the problems with this book is... It's almost like... What's happened is... This cast Castaneda bloke... This book, he's, he's like talking... He's almost like documenting the journey of learning... How to go deep into the dream realm... So it is very, it's, it's almost like, it isn't, but it's kind of like a diary. So you're going through, he starts out, so he, he talks to this bloke called Don Juan, who's like a Mexican sorcerer, a modern day sorcerer. I don't know when this was, I think this was like the 70s or 80s or something. But what happens is, he's like, he's, what he does is he talks to this this Don, Don Juan, who gives him a bit of information about a skill to get further into the dream realm and he has to then go home and he'll spend like a year practicing it so this book is is probably like based over about probably like well uh, i would i would say about like 10 years of him so that's like how long it takes to go deep into the dream realm it is like a never-ending it is like a journey in a way and i love the fact that they said the word art because i was thinking about this this morning one of the things with art is you sort of like you learn you're learning how to you learn how to see 
But as you get better at drawing or painting, you soon start to realise it's not just you that's drawing and painting. You start to realise that you're sort of painting with something else. Like, let's say, the creator or something. And that's, what's hap- that's what happens in the dream realm. That's what I'm thinking. But it might actually be you at a higher level. So what this what ends up happening by the end of this book is they start talking about like dreams within dreams. So at that point, it's it's like um, it's almost like your it's almost like your awareness is becoming f- is like a fractal. So let's say you're ten levels deep into a dream. So you're dreaming within a dream within a dream within a dream. You're like say ten levels deep in the, in a dream. That's still you that's dreaming, but. What's happened is your dream self has started dreaming of a dream self, which has started dreaming of a dream self. And if each of these dream selves is not conscious of having been created by the the original dreamer, by the time you've got like ten levels deep, you might not you might have no idea that it's you dreaming. See that that dream self there might. If it was an artist, it might be creating a drawing, thinking it's doing the drawing, but really it's the it's the original it's me dreaming all the way down there. Huh. Can you see? So what happens is I start to realise, I start to think and wonder if it goes the other way as well. If we're in a dream, what if there's something above us that's dreaming us? So when I'm painting or drawing in a strange way, it's the thing above me that's doing it. But what happens is, well, this is the thing, see, with this book is, I don't know where to start with it. All I'll say is it goes so deep into the dream realm. And in my, I've, put, so I've got some notes. The main thing that hit me was, especially last night when I got to this chapter, because towards the end they're talking about, um, like, basically what they're doing is they're explaining false awakenings so over the past like few years i one of my i have a lot of false awakenings which is where you wake you wake up and the first thing i do when i wake up is i write down my dreams so i start writing down my dreams only to realize i'm still dreaming (laughs) so i'm dreaming that i'm writing down my dreams so then i have to wake myself up again and what happens is like this week, I had an experience this week where it might have been last week, but I had a really powerful dream that I wanted to write down. So I woke myself up to write it down. I started writing it down and I was still in the dream. So then I woke myself up again to write it down. And it was about three or four times before I finally woke up. And what happens is. There's, there's two ways to look at that that what I think is each time you're having a false awakening and there's a chance that you might forget the dream before it so like if you wake up like you know like when you wake up sometimes you can sort of remember the dream but you can't it's a bit like that and and that's why you write it down to remember it so what I think to myself is if you're waking up in a dream and then you're having to wake up again can you see how harder that's going to be to remember the previous dream? So then if you have like five of these in a row, you're trying to remember a dream 
from like five five dream selves five five dream selves away so like it starts making me think about loads of things like when we die are we gonna die and remember this dream you see like some dreams you wake up from and you remember them some dreams you don't so what i'm thinking is when we die we might we might die and not even be able to remember this dream that we're in right now but maybe that's like the goal maybe one of the goals is can you can you wake up through through the death phase that's what i'm thinking and they talk about loads of stuff like that in here as well but yeah but there was one of the things i've put in here is there's a lot of stuff in this book that's confirmed my suspicions <laughs> so one of them the main thing for me really was this f this thing about the um because because i'm having so many false awakenings i'm always thinking trying to work, wonder what they are and i had come to the conclusion that what's happening is but if you have a false awakening it's mean it means you've gone into a dream it means you've gone to sleep within a dream and then if you go to sleep within a dream you're gonna have another dream now i also remember robert wagner once said he I think he had spoke to some shamans or something in a village and there was a little girl in the village who had heard about this thing about dreaming, going to sleep within a dream and what had happened was she had gone to sleep so many times within each of these dreams that she actually couldn't get out of the dream. So all these, a bunch of these shamans had to go into her dream to pull her out to get her back into this... She had basically lost... It's almost like she had lost the um, the way home, back to this reality or something. Now, the funny thing is, this book talks about the same sort of thing, but in reverse. Because there's a bit in it where, what happens, well, I don't know if I should spoil it. You can't really spoil it. This is more of a book to to read. And then I would say, because there's, there's many times in here where you get an exercise. So what you can do is you can actually go to bed and practice the exercise. And then you can see for yourself what happens. So I've done that already with one of these. I'll talk about it in a minute. It's all to do with your sleep position. So what happened here was, what was I saying there was? Something about, well, yeah, it was some, what happened was he had gone, basically what happens is he ends up going into a dream and he wakes up and he's fully awake. But what he doesn't realise is he, he's actually still asleep. But then by the end of it, you get to this point where even he doesn't know whether he's actually asleep anymore <laughs> or, or awake. That's how mad it is. And then you've got people vanishing out of existence because what they've done is they've put their energy into the dream realm. And then when I heard that, it reminded me of the Mayans. And there's like loads of civilizations which have actually popped out of existence. And then something else that was talked about in this book, right right near the start was, he was talking about how it was the old, it was the shamans of the past who had actually first created the dream realm. Hmm. So it made me wonder, does that mean before these shamans created the dream realm, does that mean that humans didn't dream? And now also what this starts to make me wonder about things like um 
like the hag you know like there's this there's these reoccurring dream entities who they seem to like populate the dream realm well one of the first thing i'm all over the place for this because i'm excited but i keep thinking of things when i had my first ever spontaneous lucid dream what happened was i turned the light switch on and off am i dreaming if the lights don't work if the lights don't work it means you might be dreaming probably yeah so what happened is what and this is what i'm thinking because i've thought to myself why is it that lights don't work in a dream but they ever so slightly sometimes do and i think what it is is if the light doesn't work it's because you're actually in you're in a dream where you are not physical so in other words some dreams you are you are you are physical you can pick up things in the dream and you can actually feel the texture of them I remember this one time I put my hand in some soil and like sand and I could feel the soil going through my hand like my fingertip like my going through my fingers it was more real than real I've had dreams where I'm going through like vegetation you can feel it so I'm wondering whether when the lights don't work it's because you're actually in the dream as like an energy body like a ghost a spirit so the the light it's not that the light doesn't work it's that your fingers going through the switch because you're not really you're not really there you're like a, a ghost to some extent that's what i'm thinking what was the other thing yeah that was it so one of the first things that got me excited about the the dream was because the lights didn't work i went online and this is where i first found keith dr keith hearn who's like the first bloke ever to confirm that lucid dreaming was real he was able to communicate with somebody who went to sleep via the blinking eyes and then Stephen LeBurge did the same thing. Everyone seems to give Stephen LeBurge the credit, but it was actually Keith Hearn who sort of did it first. But I get the impression Keith Hearn, he wasn't interested in the fame or nothing, so he sort of almost kept it to himself. <laughs> so in again, again, in a funny way, maybe what happened there was the universe or or the higher self or something, or God or something, was saying, I want these humans to know that lucid dreaming is possible. So because Keith Hearn wasn't going to give the information out, Stephen LeBurge did exactly the same experiment. I just thought about it, wondered that. But, so, but what happened was, because the lights didn't work, I looked online and loads of people were saying the lights don't work properly in, in dreams. So I started thinking, well, hang on. I didn't know that. So then if I didn't know that and they didn't work in my dream which is what made me lucid for the first time. Does that not mean that there is like some sort of rules to the dream realm? That's what I'm thinking. And it was that it was that realization that because until that point I'd always thought dreams were nothing but my mind cr- creating stuff from my imagination like. But then that was the first time I started wondering whether it, what was actually happening was you were going into like a, a reality. You were actually going into a reality that it almost exists without you. 
Now that might also be mind generated, but it might be mind generated from the thing above you. You see? Something like that. Yeah. So that was that was what got me excited about it. Now the other thing is he talks about stuff in this book which again so what happens is he ends up meeting this like um they call him the death defier who quite quite interestingly is a is a male but a female so and then they they even had a they even went on to a lot about how basically saying like the gender is not really what it was quite interesting actually so what it was it was this bloke who had he had put his awareness into a female now i started again because i was born i was born kevin so i am male but i've got inside of me this like feeling of a female so I started wondering whether what's actually happened is maybe my higher self is a female. So what's happened is I've, when I was created, instead of like being completely separate, huh, completely separated, what's actually happened is somehow, what's, actually, what's happened is somehow an awareness of who I really am, like the female, has actually is come with me. So I'm inside, I'm thinking to myself, I'm a female, but I'm not a female, I'm Kevin, so I'm a male. Inside of this dream, I'm a male. In other words, if I, go in, if I have a dream tonight, and, and, I'm, and I dream, well let's say you're a male, and you have a dream tonight, and you dream of yourself as a female... If you're not thinking about nothing, you're going to be that female. It's only when you wake up that you'll realise that you was dreaming of yourself being a female. However, if you become lucid in that dream, you can you can actually think, hang on a minute, I'm, let's say I'm Kevin, I can say to myself, I'm Kevin, I know that I'm asleep and I'm dreaming, but I'm actually Sophie at the minute. So at that point... What's actually what's happened there is I would be, I would be I would know that I'm really a male, but I would also be a female, because in the dream I'd be a female, but I would also know that I'm really a male, because I'm not really the dream I'm the the thing having the dream. So can you see at that point you're both, you're both at the same time. So, so, and they were talking about like stuff like that in here. And then the other thing is, there's also stuff about like shape shifting and everything in organic beings. They're talking about these inorganic beings, which I still am not sure if they are positive or negative. What they end up doing is, well, Don Juan says what they want, what they do is they, when you go into, when you start advancing in the dream realm, you will start meeting these entities and what happens is they are like independent from you and they basically they want your energy so they want your energy and they they want to like they will they will say to you i'll exchange your energy for something that you really want like some magical power so you can come back out into this reality here with like um 
almost like a magical power. But what you've done is you've effectively, you've almost like given your soul to this inorganic being. So it seems like a positive thing, but it's, it might be a negative thing. So what happens, it makes me wonder, like, are these are these inorganic beings negative or positive? And it reminded, it just, I had a thought of, like, it reminded me of, like, the, the demons and the devil in, in the Bible. Like, they will, they will give you, they will give you whatever you want, but you've got to basically give them something which is way more powerful but you don't realise it because you're thinking you're in the dream. In other words, you're in the dream and you think, in this reality, you'd probably think, I want loads of money or something. But in reality, that's nothing. Yeah. So you would be giving away like your your energy, which is way more important and powerful for, for things that aren't important, like money or something. It's all like that. So there was there was that going on as well in this book constantly trying to work it all out so well i've got in my notes i'll just say i really hope it's not all over the place this but it's what's happening is this past week especially i've was i don't know if you've ever had this experience where so i've been lucid dreaming now for probably i think about five years or something and what happens is you have these experiences and if you're writing it all down in the dream diary you start to notice like patterns. What this book's done is it's talked about things and it's it's connected dots. It's connected dots and it's, conf- like I said here, it's confirmed my suspicions about lots of things. It's quite hard for me to even talk about it because like last night I had this weird experience whilst reading this book where I... I had a, a realization of something, but I couldn't even explain it. But I I knew it, and it's weird. Now in this book as well, this death defier that he meets. Basically, they are now the other funny thing that's just come into my head is Robert Munro, who went he was like um probably one of the the pioneers I suppose of out of body exploration. He's got like the Monroe Institute and stuff. He basically, he basically like um, charted all these levels of the out of body experience, very much like in this book actually, because in this book they call it the four the the four gates of dreaming. So one of them is to become aware that you're dreaming, and then by the end of it, the no- another one is you can actually go into you can go into someone else's dream. So like someone else can have a dream and pull you into the dream. And all that's happening is is you you all that's happening is you're you're fine tuning placing your awareness in space and time. Like like yesterday I had this I had a visual of like seeing space as like a piece of paper. And time is like loads of sheets on top of it. Um, and so what, what all you're doing is you can basically move around any point in space and time. I can I can imagine how you could do that. 
But yeah, Robert Monroe, what he, well, one thing he said was he said, but at a certain level, you start meeting these he-she's, which are neither male nor female. He was also talking about, inor- he didn't call them inorganic beings, but he said there's like these um, entities and there was a, there was like a, a bunch of them who were actually like feeding off of your your energy. And what he said, he said something like you had to, you had to like fly through that zone. <laughs> so like imagine a zone with all these entities trying to grab your energy. He, he said like you have to sort of like fly through that zone without being pulled to them. But can you imagine if that zone is full of, let's say you're attracted, well, let's say like poison ivy. I'm attracted to poison ivy. Let's say, let's say in that in that universe you've got these the these inorganic beings have shape shifted into poison ivies. Can you imagine how you're not going to be able to just fly through that because you're going to want to go off and yeah, go and say hello sort of thing. So you can all you can already start to see how even if you know what's happening, it's in, it's really hard to not be pulled in by the dreams. That's what I'm thinking. So that, what was it there? There's something about, well, Robert Robert Wagner. See, they're all saying the same thing. This is what I'm starting to realise. What's happening is, they're all saying the same thing, but they're all coming f- at it from different angles. And... It just makes me think that what we are inside of now is a some sort of dream. I would imagine it's going to be like a virtual reality or something. Now, if you've ever had a false awakening where you wake up and you're convinced you're awake, only to realise you're still dreaming, that feeling is is it's it's weird. It's the weirdest feeling because you suddenly know that you're dreaming. But you're convinced you're awake. Now what I'm saying is. Imagine what it's going to be like when you die. You're going to be dead. But you're still going to. You're still going to be alive. Can you imagine how, how mad that's going to be? Yeah. It's, it's going to be crazy it is. But in my notes for this. What I've put is. I've put. Sleep position. So one of the things in this book. There's like this is like a little experiment. One of the um, things you can do is, when you go to sleep, go to sleep and remember the position you're sleeping in. So you're either on like your left side, your right side, your back, or your front. What you do is, when you become lucid, if you basically go to sleep within that dream, in the same position that your physical body is is in. So if you're going, if you're currently in bed lying on your left hand side if you become lucid in the dream and then go to sleep within the dream on your left hand side what what happens is you can you can actually like you can put yourself into a very solid version of that dream now this is where it comes back to that thing about light switches if you're in a regular dream you're like a ghost so what happens is you try to put the lights on and off. You can't because you're you're like a spirit. Well, what happens here is if you go to sleep in the same position, I'm wondering if that's... It's almost like what you're doing is you're somehow bringing your physical body into, into the dream. Because in the book, they say that you'll end up in a much more physical 
solid dream. So I actually did this the other night. But the other thing I would just want to say that I am convinced, I am convinced that in some dreams, we are actually physically in the dream. And in some dreams, we are like a ghost. So I've had a lot of dreams where I feel like I'm a ghost and nobody can see me. Um, but as, what happens is as soon as I, it's weird. It's like, it's like the I'm in a dream where I'm a ghost. Nobody can see me, but there's a few people who can see me. And as soon as I, as soon as I realise that if I, how do I, as soon as I realise that if I, it's me that allows them to see me, is the only way I can explain it. And it's got something to do with my breath as well. In the dream, if I start, if I like breathe, the these other people will see me. But there's something going on there where there's, there's times where I am like a ghost in the dream. And there's these other, there's these other entities in the dream who are also like, are like me. Like the ghost or something. I don't know what that's about, but those dreams, I have them quite a lot. They're, they're quite weird. But this sleep position thing was very interesting. And it, it reminded me, of, it made me think about the physical body. So the other thing is, if you've ever had, have you ever had that thing, you're just drifting off to sleep and then you suddenly, you jolt your body. Well, I'm thinking what that is, is it your energy body, your spirit has left the body you've then, you've sort of woken up, so the the spirit's gone back into the body. So that jolt is your energy body going back into the body. So the physical body is is obviously entangled with these dream bodies. Something like that. Yeah. I've put explains false awakenings, or it confirms my suspicions, which is that that these false awakenings are you're waking up from a dream within a dream. But then I think I'll put it, yeah, I'll put it in here in a minute. And the other thing is I've put inorganic beings are shapeshifters. So in here they talk about the, the, the inorganic beings can shapeshift. And they don't just shapeshift into, into like people. They can shapeshift into anything. So they might shapeshift into a pen. See? So, and what? So, what? One of the things in here you've got to learn is to you've got to learn to see the energy of the dream. And so, what Don Juan says is he said he tells Carlos Castaneda to shout out in the dream, "Show me the energy," which reminded me of Robert Wagner when he said one of Robert Wagner's things is he says um, inside the dream you can say, "Can all thought forms please disappear?" And what happens is, if you're in a room of people in a dream, half of them might vanish because they were just you that had created them. But the other half would be almost like conscious entities in their own right. And it reminded me of this, like this thing. But by the end of the book, this um, Deftifier says, all you've got to do is just point at things in the dream. So again, this is another experiment you can do. When you become lucid, you can just start. If you point at stuff, you'll be able to see the energy, like the energy of things. Now, the other thing is, well, I've put in my notes. 
the other thing is about this false awakening thing. I've put one of my false awakening experiences was that I was in this house, and it it, it was like a sort of a it was as if this house was like um it's as if the house was within the house. So what happened was I, there was a couple of people in there, and I feel like I was like a child or something. I become fully lucid, and I was trying to wake myself up to get out of the house. But every time I got out of the house, and I woke up, I was back in the house. So like my false awakenings were like looping in this house, and I ba- I couldn't get out of the house. And what happened was there was a load of other like children in this house, and these there was these two sort of like grown up people in there. And what they were doing was, they were basically trapping, they were trapping people in this house to sort of like, I think, use their energy or something. And the only way I can describe it is, it felt like if you was on an island on a boat and you said, oh, I'm going to get off this boat, I'm going to get off this island, and you set a sail in a straight line, what would happen is, you go off in a straight line, you would end up coming straight back to the island. In other words, it's you couldn't get you couldn't escape the island somehow. And that's what this dream was like, this this thing. So it that was one of those moments where I started thinking, is it would it be possible to actually be is that what it would be like? Like that little girl who went to sleep within a dream, within a dream, dream, dream and the shamans had to go in to get her out. What if she was like in one of these houses? She's trying to get out, but she actually can't. She, so she's like she's like stuck in this loop. This also reminds me of one of my dream goals. I would love to, in a dream, shout out. Please can I experience timelessness? But, but what I'm thinking is, the minute you experience timelessness, surely you don't ever come back. Because timelessness means you're existing outside of time. So if you're in a dream and you truly feel the timelessness, how can you come back from that? I feel like you can't come back from that. Can you see? I don't know if I can. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, but the minute, the moment you experience timelessness then you are you are now inside of the infinite so how can you come back from that because there is no time so i i sort of think to myself is it actually even possible to feel the timelessness inside of a dream and then i've also put in my notes what is real see that's the thing and then again, even like um, I'm thinking, if we when we die, let's say we die and we end up in a in a in a realm, and we realise that this life was like a. For me, it'd be more like a virtual reality or something. Right. So let's say that's what's happening. Well, how can you know that 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 reality you've just woken up in is also not the same thing? 
And so you will end up, if you can keep your awareness through that process of death, if you end up in another reality, surely you're going to end up firstly realising that you're immortal and secondly, you're, you, I feel like you're going to end up realising that that everything is real, but but there is no there is no real. Like how can how would you be able to prove that that was the base reality? So then you end up with if that's a, if that is, if that is a dream. And the only way I can describe this, the only way I can sort of um, make peace with this in my head is, what would end up, what would happen is, it would be that thing where, like the, if you woke up in, it, let's say you die and you wake up in base reality, but that base reality has its own base reality. The only way I can get my head around it is to think that, what what's happened is. That base reality's base reality would actually be a dream reality inside of this base reality. So in other words, what's happened is, let's say I go to bed tonight and I have a dream. And inside of that dream, I have another dream. And that dream that I'm dreaming inside of the dream, I'm dreaming this life. You see? So then... So in other words, I'm dreaming this life from within a dream, which is inside of that, which is inside of that dream. You see, so, so this is where you end up with entanglement as well. In other words, in other words, that dream, neither of the dreams can it can exist without the other one, which is a bit like um, time paradoxes. Yeah. That's the only way I can get my head around it. Because even if, let's say, what happens is we end up, we die and we pop into like, um, and all we are is like a ball of energy existing in nothingness. Well, I'm surely you're still going to be thinking, what is that? That ball of energy still has to be inside of something. And the only way I can think of it is that it's inside of itself. But like if it's inside of itself... Like, where did it start? And if it doesn't start anywhere, this is weird. But this is what I think. This is what I think this book is getting at: is that you end up with you're going to end up with just it's just it's a never-ending it's a never-ending cycle of of dreams, basically something like that. So I pray. Do I recommend it? Yes. <laughs> Will you understand it? This book, The Art of Dreaming by Carlos Castaneda. Do I recommend it? Yes. I think it's definitely a book you need to read multiple times. Because some of the stuff in here, I was reading it and I just didn't understand it. But I sort of could feel that it was important. And then some of the other stuff, I I, I understood it, but I, I couldn't explain it. Again, like a weird thing like that. But I also would say that even Carlos Castaneda, who wrote the book, I would argue that even he admits that he doesn't quite understand some of this. And the thing about the Death Defier, 
this like um sort of like a ultimate sorcerer it's one of the old sorcerers basically so even the old sorcerer says there's some stuff at the end where like um i'm not sure i think it was to do with the sleep position or something because carlos castaneda said why is it that if you why is it that if you well why is it that if you point your finger at something you can see the energy and the death defier says nobody knows but that's just the way it is so even like this even like this um sorcerer this advanced sorcerer still didn't know stuff so it's almost like it's almost like maybe you're you're just never going to know everything I don't know. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go through this book and just pull out some pages. Most of it probably won't make sense though. But I'd like to try and give an idea, a sense of what's happening in the book. So it is one. So this is from near the start. Don Juan's argument was that most of our energy goes into upholding our importance. This is most obvious in our endless worry about the presentation of the self about whether or not we are admired or liked or acknowledged. He reasoned that if we were capable of losing some of that importance, two extraordinary things would happen to us. One, we would free our energy from trying to maintain the illusionary idea of our grandeur. And two, we would provide ourselves with enough energy to enter into the second attention to catch a glimpse of the actual grandeur of the universe. So again, this this all goes down to energy. Everything is 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 about energy, which is why this is why these um these beings, like entities, are a lot of um people will say when they've gone deep into like psychedelics or the dream realm or something, they end up seeing these entities which are like feeding off of our energy so there's obviously something about there's something about our energy which is quite tasty <laughs> what's the next let's get another one here look this one here what's it say here there's another one look this is from a quarter of the way through Don Juan admitted that I was absolutely right and said that the old sorcerers had devised a series of perfect drills to go through the gates of dreaming into the specific worlds that exist beyond every gate. He reiterated that dreaming, being the old sorcerer's invention, see, has to be played by their rules. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Like, they created the dream realm. So... The question is, the, the question is why? See, and I'm, I'm, I, is, is, is it something like they, they, did a, did, they did a deal with these inorganic beings and created this? This reminds me, you know, of my first bunch of lucid dreams. Because I remember thinking to myself that somebody's created this dream and they've because i remember thinking was it like the gray aliens or something like 
And what they're doing is they, they've created this dream realm to keep you inside of it or something. I don't know. He said, look, he described the rule of the second gate in terms of a series of three steps. One, through practicing the drill of tra- of changing dreams. And that's basically becoming lucid. And then, like what Robert Wagner says, is he said, when you become lucid, if you open a door, you can say, when I open this door, I'll be in wherever. Dreamers find out that the scouts... Wait, wait a minute. He described the rule of the second gate in terms of a series of three steps. So this is the thing, you see. There's rules to this, which that's what reminds me of, like, art. Art is a very creative experience, but there's rules to it. It's exactly the same as dreaming. Dreaming is a very creative experience, but there's rules. There's rules to it as well. Through practicing the drill of changing dream, dreamers find out about the scouts. So these scouts are basically, they're like, the scouts are like a pen or something, which is really an inorganic being. That's come into into the dream. Like, it's, um, now this this reminds me of um, one of my, I had this dream once where I was, it was like an out of body going through the solar system. And in the distance, I saw this blue light. I looked at it and bang, I was inside of a new reality with this bloke. And he's the one that gave me the grid. Now, I'm thinking to myself, when you read this book and the way he talks about these scouts, the thing I thought to myself was, was that blue light that I saw a scout? Because what they do is they, they basically pull you into their reality. They're like trying to basically pull you in. And he even says in here, you have got, at some level, you've got no control over it because you'll just get pulled to them. By following the scouts, they enter into another veritable universe and free. In that universe, by means of their actions, dreamers find out on their own the governing laws and regulations of that universe. It's crazy. So that's the thing there. Oh, I've got the hiccups here. Look, watch this one. Let's see what I'll go with this one. Don Juan pulled us to the huge ancient stuffed chairs in the lobby and patiently explained to us that once we were in the world of the inorganic beings, we had to voice our intent to transfer our our normal awareness to our energy bodies. So that's, that's something else he said. In other words, now this is what reminds me of this thing. See, what I'm thinking is, I'm wondering, well, I know I keep saying it, but I'm just convinced that there's, um, it's almost like, um, it reminds me like the third person and the first person. You can be in a dream in first person, but there's times when you're in a dream and you're actually in like a third person. Somehow that makes me think of this. And the last little quote I'm going to get, these are all random. He says, look. Oh, look, this is cool, this is. So what's happened here is um, Carlos Castaneda has met up with this death defier and she's basically going to explain to him 
like the fourth gate of dreaming. So listen to this, look. Now this also reminds me of stuff. Because in the, in the dream realm, there's this thing, like, you, there's a thing like the void. You're basically in nothingness. But you can feel everything. And then the one time I ever did psychedelics, I found myself in that void where there was nothing there, but everything was there. Listen to this, look. So what's happened is she's she's basically put she's taken Carlos Castaneda into into her dream. So he wants to go off and explore. So he says, "Look, right, watch. Let's go back inside the church." She muttered. If you really want to make me a gift, I said, take me for a stroll in this town in the moonlight. She shook her head affirmatively. Provided that you don't say a word, she said. Why not, I asked, but I already knew the answer. Because we are dreaming, she said. I'll be taking you deeper into my dream. So what's happened is she's basically took his awareness, his consciousness, into her, into her dream. And then he says here, look, she explained that as long as we stayed in the church, I had enough energy to think and converse. But um, but that beyond the boundaries of that church, it was a different situation. Why is that, I asked daringly. <laughs> in a most serious tone, which not only increased her eeriness, but terrified me, the woman said, because there is no out there. This is a dream. You are at the fourth gate of dreaming, dreaming my dream. How cool is that? And again, you can almost say to that, are we dreaming? Are we dreaming someone else's dream? Like, if this is what's happening here, can you imagine how somebody with nefarious thingies could, if they had worked out a way to take your consciousness they could put you into it they could put you into a dream that's where i'm going with it yeah but this excites me this does i definitely think need to read that many times though yeah it's probably it's one of my it's one of my favorite books this is even though like i said some of it i just don't understand so, and all I would say really is, the main thing I would say about that as well is, read it, even if you don't believe any of it, I would say read it, and then see for yourself in the dream realm. That's what I'm thinking, just see for, see what happens when, like, because the other night, what I did was, I became lucid, and I had remembered this my position that I was sleeping in. So I went to sleep within a dream in the same position and I found myself in my childhood home. And then what happened was I saw my mum up in the window and and then I woke what happened was I saw my mum in, in a pink dress up in this window. I told her how much I love her. I woke up my mum was now in a blue dress but I was still sleeping. So What's happened there is I've I've I feel like what's happened there is I've woken up from I've woken up in back into the dream I was in before. So it's it's almost like but I had actually brought my mum 
which I don't think was my mum. I think it was one. I think it was one of these shapeshifters that shapeshifted into mum. What's happened is, it's almost as if I had I had come out of that dream, and brought with me this entity. I brought this entity up. Can you see what I'm saying? Now the other thing is, would it be possible to? Would it be possible to wake up and bring something out of the dream into this into this waking reality? That's that's what I'm thinking. Now I've even gone really quite deep with this and started thinking, like Sophie. What if this? What if this this Sophie Sophie entity that's inside of me? What if it's actually one of these like inorganic beings? And what it's trying to do is. It's trying to manifest itself inside of this reality via me. Yeah. Which wouldn't be a that wouldn't be positive, I don't think. But the thing was I was trying to find this I I got told years ago to in my dream to seek out Sula. And I believe Sula is this like witch because I got this reoccurring witch entity. And I faced it and everything, but she still got something about it, unresolved issues. So I was trying to find this. I was trying to find this entity. That's what I was doing in, in this dream. My goal was to go to Montgomery Close and to find this this um, witch thing. But I ended up seeing my mum. But I'm thinking it was that witch that shapeshifted into my mum because again, what they do is they know. Like when you die, you're going to come face to face with all your loved ones because these, 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 there's some, there's some entities that seem to know you better than you. It's almost as if they can go into your head and see, they know exactly who to manifest in order to, in order to, to like, um, distract you, I suppose. So, what I'm going to do now, my next goal is. Next time I become lucid and I see my mum, if I can become if I can be lucid with my mum, I'm gonna just say to my mum in the dream, What are you? So one of the rules is this is what Robert Wagner says as well. For some reason things have to tell you the truth in the dream realm. So if you say to something, What are you? it has to it has to tell you. So my feeling is that when I say "What are you?" I'm thinking that this um, this like version of my mum will actually turn into like the witch or something. That's what I'm thinking. And then you can start, like say to it, well, "What do you want and stuff? <laughs> what do you want?" What it makes me think is when we die. Who used to say that we're not going to die? And you might have like your mum there. But it's not really your mum. But you don't know that. So you're going to go off with your mum. And then at that point, that that, that like um, entity can do what, that could take you wherever it wanted. At which point it's taking your energy. So I think when you die, you're going to have to actually stay completely detached from everything. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, well... This was a bit messy, this one, but little Dennis has said it's game over, sunshine. I do hope you enjoyed it. 
I feel like I've got a really dry, a really dry um, throat as well. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the um, like the future of these this podcast and the videos and stuff. So last week I did this I did this accountability thing. And one of the things I was saying was, what do I really want? And I'd write all this stuff down. As soon as I stopped recording, I realised I'd done it all wrong. Because I hadn't asked why. In other words, I was saying, what do I really want? And I was writing, I want to get really good at creating characters. But I haven't asked myself why. And without the why, you won't do anything, I don't think. Because it's that why... Which will like create the, the desire. So, for instance, why do I want to? Sp- why do I want to speak to Sula in the dream realm? Why? If I haven't got my why, I'll never ever get to speak to her. And my why is because I I'm convinced she is linked to like social anxiety. I'm convinced she's linked to my anxieties. So I'm thinking if I can ask if I can find out what she wants. I've got a feeling it's going to sort of, um, it's going to heal these anxieties. That's that's one thing. But for the why, why do I want to create characters? So I can get my, I want to get my characters, I want to get my characters in a comic. Why? And so what I've got to do is I've got to keep asking why. (laughs) And when I did this, because I did this last week on my own, what ended up happening, I ended up at a place where it said, what I really want is not to be creating characters, I want to be free from anxiety. That's where I ended up. What I really want is to be free from anxiety. Now I'm thinking that art will help with that, because it's it's obviously a very beautiful experience, creative experience, and it's like, um, it is healing. But I'm also thinking, I don't know why, but I'm convinced that the dream is is the answer. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So one of the, I did like an accountability list last week. One of them was to list all my videos. So I've actually done that. I've, I've listed all my videos. Like what I did was I went through the past few months and I wrote every single video that I've ever done. And I decided which ones am I keeping, what am I go- what's going. So I'm going to keep my Imagine FX magazines and my character design quarterly magazines. So Imagine FX is every month. Character design quarterly is every three months. But I also do, until I've done all the Imagine FXs in the back catalogue, I do them every week. But what I do is I do them all at once. So I'm going to keep doing the Imagine FX's. So, and now what I'm going to do is, I've got the podcast. I'm going to keep doing the podcast. This podcast, but I'm got, I've got a feeling it's going to turn into. It's going to turn into. At the moment, I'm thinking it's going to be more. It's going to be talking just about what I've done over the past week, in terms of studying for art, social anxiety things. Like like things I've overcome and stuff I'm stumbling with. 
and also like dream experiences because even though they look like they're three different things they're all the same thing because like they're, they're all to do with anxiety so once for me it just feels like the same thing but but you've also like i put in my notes i've said you've got to find the balance as well you can't go all in on studying you can't go all in on dreaming because the other thing i've learned with the dream realm is you're hit like a wall in the dream realm you're trying to do something you're hit like a wall and what what happened is it's as if the dream itself manifests something into the physical and the only way to actually advance in the dream realm is to face the thing in the physical so you can't just hide away in the dream realm it won't let you do that it's it's like you've got to face things in the physical as well but again if you hit a, a wall in the physical you can go into the dream realm to help you so the two things are like helping each other and then i just think art is the art is like i see art as like a little boat yeah and i'm I'm on the boat like the destination is the art that's what i'm thinking and like everything else like the dream and this social anxiety stuff it's almost like um it's just it's the thing that's going to help me get to my destination something like that so what i've put here is i think is this the right one i'm not sure look what i've what i've said is i'm going to do i'm going to keep the podcast but it's going to be more struck more focused on each week's thing i'm not going to go with svs learn to start with which is what i said last week i'm actually going to start with proco's basic drawing course What's beautiful about this is it's quite funny as well. <laughs> so like, well, Proko, Stan Prokopenko, was on about this drawing, basic drawing course for years. And I really, I really wanted, I was looking forward to it. Now, I've, I've, I've like drifted away from art quite a bit. But it's almost as if, now that I'm ready to come back, he just released this um, basic drawing course. He released it, I think it was like, christmas or january or something so it's still quite new and it feels like me for me it feels like the perfect place to start because because what i want to do is i want to create my own characters and draw from my imagination and things which is a completely different skill and i went onto proko's website looked at the course and one of the things that i thought was quite beautiful about it was he said one of the videos was Drawing from your imagination, when to start and how to overcome the emotional blockages or hurdles or something. And it was like, that's exactly what I need. Because what happened was, when I got like, I got, when I did my realistic pencil drawing, see, that is a skill. All you've got to do with that is just keep practicing how to draw realistically. Drawing from imagination is such a completely different skill. What happened for me was my mind it scared me yeah so that was one of the reasons why i sort of i shied away from it because i got a bit scared so it sounds to me like proko in this course he's not just going to be he's not just going to be explaining like what to do with the pencil and stuff and like exercises 
he's also going to focus on like the mind part of it which i would argue is probably the biggest part of it because if like the whole reason i'm doing all the things i'm doing in the dream realm and stuff is because i'm trying to i'm trying to get my mind i'm try which I, I i call the mind like the foundation of everything if you can get that sorted out everything else would be sort of easy but if you're trying to do, if you're trying to create characters and stuff and your mind is all if you haven't sorted your mind out i just feel like it's it's going to sort of crumble at some point so what else have we got here so the i've been to the comic shop videos are going to stop which i'm quite sad about that because i enjoy those but i'm going to do two more to get it out to number 20 because i thought it'd be nice to stop at a nice round number yeah i'm also going to stop the monthly comic book unboxing videos so i filmed the last one of those yesterday again i'm going to miss those as well but i'm all the mystery boxes the comic book mystery boxes i'm sort of like um i might do one i'm not sure at the minute i'm either going to do one a month or just stop doing that as well art book click looks i'd like to do one art book a month because again i feel like if i do it the right way i could i could start doing art book videos which are which are in sync with what i'm studying that week or something you see so i'm trying to find a way to do it to do what i want to do in a way where it's all sort of flowing in the same way because at the moment it feels like everything's just i'm doing all these videos but i don't really know why i'm doing them and so the most wanted comic book i'm going to stop doing the previews click look videos the comic shop catalog videos basically all the videos where all i was really doing was opening up comic books or something i'm going to stop doing those because i think it was also it was also making me buy more comics because i thought i needed i wanted more comics for the videos or something it's just an experiment but i'm not going to stop buying comics because i love comics and again i think you can use comics for like um inspiration and things and also i enjoy i enjoy reading the stories but what i've got to do is i've got to focus on less comics yeah <laughs> that's the thing and then me me top 10 comic book covers of the month i think i'm going to keep doing that one as well but so really all i'm going to be doing is the podcast once a week my favorite comic book covers once a month which what that means is that all those all those covers are going to be fresh because if there's no like mystery boxes or unboxings or anything that'll be the first time that those comics have actually been on the um on the video and hopefully i can put a bit more e- effort into the video as well make them a bit better the most wanted comic book covers i'm not sure if i want to keep doing that as much as i love doing it it's a lot of work and i think it also makes me it makes me want to go out and buy comics yeah so i'm trying to find a way to sort of like help myself not 
buy so many comics. Yeah, so like I said, I think all that's going to happen here is I'm going to end up just doing me Imagine FX magazines and the podcast. Really, it's just going to be the podcast. That's it, that's it, really. And I'm hoping that this podcast is going to turn into a much more sort of structured thing. Because at the minute, they're just like all over the place, which I do like that. But it would be nice to sort of start making videos which are a bit more like um, structured and I would say I don't know just just a bit more not so much professional just just structured I suppose but the reason I'm going to keep doing the videos is because one of the things I've learned over the last the years <laughs> is like when I'm studying some if I'm learning when I'm learning like procreate how to draw and procreate what i found is if i'm making videos about what i'm learning somehow i actually learn more so by doing the videos i learn more and it goes back to that quote by lee hammond which is um repetition is the key to learning practice is the key to success so what happens is when you're making Let's say I learn how. Let's say on Proko's course, I learn how to. Um, I learn. I learn about the bean or something, like the um, the bean, turning the you know the bean into like different postures or something. Yeah. Let's say I learn something about that. If I then make a video about it, what's happened is I'm, I've learned it from Proko. I've then made some notes about it, so I've learned it for the second time. I've then made a video about it, so I'm learning for the third time. So the more you sort of learn it, the more it's in your head. Now this also goes into the same thing about the dreaming. This is what I'm saying. Robert Wagner says, before you go to bed, look at your hands and say, tonight in my dreams I see my hands and realise I'm dreaming. You keep doing that, in the end you'll see your hands. So you'll become lucid. It's like the reason why am I dreaming? I will turn light switches on and off. Because what will happen is, in the end, what you're doing is basically creating like habits. Now, the other thing I put in my thing last week was, I um, one of the accountability things was sitting in the park every day after work. Yeah. So what I've done was, I've actually been charting everything I've done over the past week. And I sat in the park every single day apart from Sunday. But on Sunday, that's the only day I don't go to work. So it's the day I normally just sit in my pyjamas all day. So I never went out. But it's amazing. Like I've, these little experiences I've had just by sitting in the park for 10 minutes. Like one year, I saw a beetle. So I sat in the park and I, I watched this little beetle walking across the path. Yeah. I don't know why it was cool it was. Then there was one when I did some sketching and this, this old lady started talking to me. There was another one where a dog did a poo. Yeah. Which was quite funny because I was watching the shape of the dog as it was pooing. There was another one where the homeless man was sleeping. There was another one where birds oh, and people started arguing. That's the thing. When you're sat in the park, what the main thing for me is like, you, it's amazing how many sounds you're hearing. 
most of the time it's going to notice that. So that's been a really cool exercise. I'm going to keep doing that. So like five, ten minutes every day sitting in the park. It's amazing how much that's helping. It's just nice it is. One of the other things was I wanted to get to bed for sleep by five o'clock. So I got to sleep at ten to six on last Thursday. And then, well, the, that one of the days was messed up because I had a, um, a mastermind meeting. So that one, I went to bed at one till three and then went back to bed at half nine. The next one, I went to bed at 10 o'clock at night. That would have been Sunday. That's the only night I'm allowed to go sleep at night, um, sleep late. <laughs> and then the next one's 5.50, 6.30, 4.30 and 4 p.m. So I've actually done quite good there. I'm quite proud of that. And I haven't watched any YouTube videos in bed either. The only thing I've been watching is guided meditations. Because that's the other thing. One of the other things I said was I wanted to get back into my daily meditation habit. So I've done 30 minutes, 42 minutes. I didn't do one on Saturday. I've then done 30 minutes, 15, 15 and 30 and I had a weird one the other day where it was a 15 minute one, but it felt like I was in the meditation for ages. And yeah, it didn't, it felt like nothing. I don't know if you've ever had one of these dreams where I ain't had one of these for ages. What'll happen is you'll, you'll put your head on the pillow, you'll go to sleep and the next minute you're awake and it's the morning. <laughs> it's as if the whole night has just vanished. There was nothing in between it. So that, that meditation had that sort of thing about it. Like, it felt like ages, but it felt like nothing as well. That's quite weird. And then I've also been, like, monitoring what I've been eating. And, well, it was Easter, Easter weekend, so I had my Easter eggs. But basically, what, what I've noticed is, this is mainly what I'm eating each day. An apple... An easy peeler, one of those little orange oranges, a cheese sandwich, a vegetable burger, rice, a, like a bunch of vegetables, and two fromage fries, like little yogurts. And that's it, really. What this has helped me do is it's helped me stop eating biscuits. I haven't had any biscuits for a week, and I've got no desire to eat them either. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, actually, that's a that's a lie. I had some cookies yesterday. I had some mint arrow cookies. But for some reason, I don't class cookies as biscuits. I know they are, sort of, but... I mean, like, the biscuits in the biscuit tin that my mum's got. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. The other one was to do Sam Schaefer's I Overcame Anxiety course. Now, what happened here was I, I went onto the website to look for it. For some reason, Sam Schaefer has the the website's not sort of working properly. So I'm going to have to go onto my hard drive and find the videos. Because luckily, I downloaded all the videos. Because I was thinking to myself, imagine if I hadn't done that. Because you could either, when you went onto the course, you could either like stream it or download it. So I actually downloaded them all. But if somebody's paid for that course and they didn't download all the videos... Like they now they've lost access to them now, so that's that's like that's why I always download everything, 
it's the same with um, Proko's because I've got Proko's figure drawing course and his an his portrait course I think it is and what I've done what you can actually download the videos so I'm hoping he will let you download the videos for this basic drawing course as well because again you never know when you might not have access to the internet or something yeah so so that's it really and now look what I put it, look at the, what I put in one of my one of my notes was stop everything take May off no videos not even a podcast that's one of the thoughts I've got so at the moment I'm not sure but I was thinking maybe just taking the whole of May away from everything because at the moment it, you might not notice it with my videos because there's a lot of videos which are like scheduled to come out so I'm, at the moment I'm still getting through I've got like about probably about 10 videos which I've already recorded like mystery boxes and things so the next couple of months it's not going to look much different really but it's only it's going to be around about May or June time that the videos will stop. That's what I'm thinking. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just really excited. That's the main thing. I'm really excited because I can feel that this is um, this is quite important. This is. But the main thing I've got to do is I've got to, and I am doing this as well. When I'm at work, I'm sort of. Um, I'm really feeling anxiety, which is horrible, but I'm just feeling it, and sometimes I'll feel it, and I'll al- I'll almost be laughing at it, because I can see that it is like a dream. I can see that what I'm saying is, I'm scared of something, I know there's nothing to be scared of, and yet I'm still scared of it. It's just like a dream, it really is. It's mental. So all that's left is this week's inspirational quote and I have found a random quote from here. So in this week's inspirational quote Hey look at this look, this is cool. This is a brilliant little quote. The world is like an onion, it has many skins. The the world we know is but one of them. Sometimes we cross boundaries and enter into another skin, another world. Very much like this one, but not the same. And you entered into one all by yourself. <laughs> so this week's inspirational quote from Don Juan. From the book The Art of Dreaming by Carlos Castaneda. The world is like an onion. It has many skins. Four skins. <laughs> One skin, two skin, three skin, four skin. Now, <laughs>